We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Hey, my brothers and sisters, I hope this day finds you well. In today's segment, what I want to do is cover uh, an article coming from Front Page Magazine, and it's entitled, There's No Fun in Progressivism. Now, I haven't read through the whole thing, but I thought that it was a very uh, interesting uh, take because I find that it's true, objectively so. If you step back and look at who seems more emotionally volatile, who seems unhinged, who seems to actually just be suffering from mental illness, it seems to be all be on the left and and with the progressives they they just they can't they can't respectfully disagree with anyone they're it's their way or the highway and if you don't agree with them it's not as i said like oh well you know what i just respectfully disagree and and you know you're entitled to your opinion and then they walk away no they they will attack you they will become belligerent they will use profanity they will become verbally aggressive, sometimes physically aggressive. Um, sometimes they will vandalize your property. They will call to have you fired, try to take your business away. I mean, they will literally try to erase you from existence simply because you don't agree or you don't, you don't believe in their secular God. <laughs> you refuse to worship and genuflect at the altar of their silliness. They've abandoned objective truth. They've abandoned conversation. They've abandoned the art of debating. They've abandoned reason. And they're suffering for it. They're absolutely suffering for it. Where's the joy when, every, when, when everywhere you look, all you see are insults and you see you know, what you call hate speech, right? Speech is violence. Like you're, you're constantly under attack because you're a perpetual victim. So where, where do you get your joy? When do you relax? When do you go on vacation? Where do you go on vacation? Because when you go, you're going to take all of that anxiety, all of those delusions, you're going to take them with you wherever you go. And so I thought that this was interesting. So let's, let's jump in a little bit here. Like I said, it's coming from Front Page Magazine. This is uh, January 4th, written by Mark Tapson. So big ups to you, Mark. So let's jump into this a little bit. And I like how they have this, this picture here, <laughs> right? Because it's talking about totalitarians can dish it out, but they can't take it. And, and so you have this picture of, you know, of a totalitarian <laughs> right here. I thought that that was, uh, that was interesting. It's a good dig. So let's read this a little bit. Isaiah Lee, the 24-year-old self-identified bisexual who tackled comedian Dave Chappelle on stage during a packed Hollywood Bowl appearance back on May 3rd, this was of last year, pleaded no contest recently to assault and entering a restricted area and was sentenced to 270 days in prison. Lee, who was carrying a, re a replica gun and a knife at the time of the attack, said Chappelle's controversial material about the LGBT community had triggered him to commit the violence. I wanted him to know that next time he should consider first running his material by people it could affect, he, he said in a jailhouse interview. That's because you understand that the leftist progressives have no sense of humor. They, they don't understand humor. They don't understand the need for humor, the need for, for, for that levity. 
within our lives. Like they don't, they don't understand they're, because they're just perpetual victims. They're perpetually unhappy and depressed and just addled with anxiety. This is absolutely ridiculous. So then comedy's done because we always, we, we've always known that, that comics, they bring the truth and they, do, they don't discriminate. They'll, they're gonna talk about the similarities, they're gonna talk about the idiosyncrasies, they're gonna talk about a little bitty things that all of these people do that we all know are true in some way, shape, or form, but we're able to laugh about it together. You understand? The leftist progressives want to divide everything, that's why they won't have a conversation because that's, that's divisive, to actually, to actually come together, to actually be inclusive. They're the most racist, they're the most divisive force in our country. Everything that they say that they want to accomplish, they actually want to accomplish the opposite. They're just a voice for chaos, a, 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 an arm for evil, that's all they are. And they are what the secular religion ultimately produces. In any era, they are what the secular religion ultimately produces. Let's move on a little bit. Okay. The article continues. Translation. Make jokes at the expense of those who enjoy the protection of leftist victimhood status and we will come after you. Chappelle, who is no conservative, knows full well that the totalitarian left cannot tolerate being the butt of jokes. He had been excoriated by them for his very politically incorrect 2019 Netflix special, Sticks and Stones, in which he declared that Hollywood's one unspoken rule is never upset the alphabet people, by whom he meant the bullying LGBT lobby. And they are bullies because they're unhappy. And I want you to understand, when, when we're talking about LGBT or LGBTQ AI plus, when we're talking about, we're not talking about homosexuals at all. We're not. We're talking about the weaponized activists who have claimed that they're there to protect homosexuals. That's, that's all. They're, they don't actually represent the, the minority. And by minority, I'm talking like 7% of our U.S. population. They don't represent that whole, that whole demographic at all. Just like how race baiters, they don't represent the black community. They don't, they don't represent me. They're not advocating for, for what I want. Because at its heart, black America is actually conservative. They've just been duped and bamboozled and, and these, race, these race baiters, they're, they're just willing disciples because it lines their pockets. So the LGBT lobby doesn't actually represent the LGBT community. The LGBT community, they're not pedophiles. They, they don't want to groom kids. They just want to live their lives. Just like if you look at the civil rights movement in the 60s, they just want, they want America to recognize that they, they are citizens and therefore protected by the Constitution like everybody else. They want to be treated like everybody else. They want to live their lives. They want the pursuit of happiness. They want equal opportunity under the law. That's it. They don't want to impose their will on others because that's the reverse of, of what they feel has been done to them. Does that make sense? Chappelle's upset Alphabet attacker stated that he had also been inspired to rush Chappelle by actor Will Smith's infamous onstage slap of comedian Chris Rock at the last Academy Awards ceremony. That incident, too, demonstrates the violent response of leftists who even the most good-natured humor aimed at them. 
Smith was triggered at the Oscars by a tame throwaway line in the host rock directed at Smith's wife, actress Jada Pinkett, who also clearly disapproved. Wow, dude, it was a joke, the stunned rock pleaded with Smith in the aftermath of, of the slap. As I said, this is where the secular religion ultimately puts everybody. And so if anybody watched that incident, you, you would see that, that, that yes, Jada Pinkett Smith couldn't take a joke. It was funny. It was, it was funny. She doesn't, have, she doesn't have hair, and he compared her to a female soldier who was a badass, and she couldn't take that as a joke. It was funny, but you saw that Will Smith's response was unhinged. That, that, was, not, that was not an emotionally healthy response to that situation. If you had an issue because you're friends with Chris Rock, you pull him aside later and you say, hey, look, I didn't really appreciate that. I'd like you to back off. And you, you handle that like men behind the scenes, face to face. You don't walk up on stage and slap another man who's doing a job. You look like a punk. Not only do you look like a punk, you look like you're subservient to your wife. Instead of you leading your household, it looks like she's leading you. So as again, I'm saying, where's the fun? Where's the fun? You can't even laugh. You can't even chuckle. And incidentally, he did laugh at the joke. Jada just told him, you better go up there and do something. <laughs> or you better do something. Right? And he did. And what he did, his response was completely unhinged. Completely unhinged. There is no fun in Islam. Once declared the Ayatollah Ayatollah Khomeini, whose stern visage glowered down from posters plastered all over Iran after the 1979 revolution, as if daring anyone to crack a smile. The same could be said for today's progressivism, which, like Islamic fundamentalism, is a totalitarian ideology. And today's Democrats, like the Iranian mullahs, simply can't take a joke. That's, that's an excellent comparison, actually. I mean, if you're looking at historical precedent, that's an excellent comparison. They can't afford to, since successful totalitarianism depends on the total control of every aspect of people's lives, even perhaps especially their thoughts. The totalitarian state maintains that control through fear and division, and people who feel comfortable enough to ridicule the regime clearly are not sufficiently afraid or divided. The greatest enemy of authority, wrote the philosopher Hannah Arendt, is contempt, and the surest way to undermine it is laughter. Humor unapproved by the state, particularly humor aimed at the state, is a sure indication that the regime's death grip on the populace is slipping. This is a very good article, actually. This is, this is some good journalism. I got to give it up to Mark. I, I like how it, it's, it's clearly explaining. And, it, and once again, this is backed by historical precedent. What totalitarianism always needs in order to keep its grip on the populace. It can't have a happy populace. It can't have a, a united populace. That's why conversation has been attacked is because if you have a united populace or if you have a populace that's, that's respectfully conversating with one another, that, that's going to unite them. It simply is. And then, and, and then to bring up, you want to control thoughts. And the first thing that comes to mind to me is, is you know, when you, when you go over to the UK and you have that woman who got arrested for praying, she got arrested for praying outside of an, of an abortion facility, silently praying, silently, and she gets arrested. So you can't even in your head pray for the salvation of, of babies that are being murdered. 
This is in the UK. Do you understand? The freest, person, the, freest, the freest place on earth is America, and it's the last bastion of liberty. And that's why it's, it's coming under attack the way that it is. Do you really want to live in a world where you can't even, you, can't, you can be arrested for your thoughts? I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's happening in real time today. Okay? I'm going to read a little bit more, then I'll leave the article for you guys to finish, because there's, there's a bit more, but I want to read this, this last uh, paragraph here. It is laughter that demasks the nonsense of totalitarianism, declared Czech novelist Milan Kundera in 1981 interview in Paris. It is laughter that shouts the emperor has no clothes and enables people to resist the stupidity of the regime and keep their interior distance from it, as if to prove his point when his novel The Book of Laughter and Forgetting was published in France in 1979, the unnamed Czech government revoked his, his citizenship. That's awesome. You know what? This, this has um, quite a bit more to go. Um, and there's a picture of Mark down there. I want to say good job, Mark. Good job, Mr. Tapson. I'm going to be looking for more of your stuff. But I want you to, to really read through the rest of this because it, it, it adds, it adds uh, an excellent perspective. And this is what journalism is supposed to be about. This is what it's supposed to be about is this. You know, I'm really liking Front Page Magazine. It was something that, um, that Candace always had, had brought up, and I tried to, to get as many media sites um, as possible to get a lot of different perspectives. I mean, I go Newsmax, I go Daily Veracity, I can look at The Blaze, I can look at Daily Wire, I can look at CNN, Fox, you know, all of these, all of these different media sites. I look, I look at Ground News, because it has, it breaks it up into left and right and center. But I, I look at all of these these spots. Rebel News is another one. Um, when I'm looking for my stories, but what it also does is it gives me a sense of of these people in, in all these different sites, maybe different countries, how they're seeing the world, and then how journalism is is basically presenting itself through the flow of these of, of this information. And I will tell you this: this is one of one of the this is an article. Like that is more akin to what journalism is supposed to be. So that's why I'm giving him props, right? He's not doing anything special. He's just actually being a journalist. And that's what happens when, you, when you're in a world where, where things are subpar, when things are not what they say that they are, there's something different. When you actually get what that thing is, it stands out even more and seems even more amazing, right? Like if you look at our entertainment, and you look at how crappy movies are because they're trying to push a message. They're now, they're now just activist propaganda as opposed to just being good entertainment. So when you get a movie that just is just entertaining, like the Top Gun, Top Gun sequel, which by no means is like some, some you know, Oscar script. <laughs> you know, it didn't, it didn't you know, reinvent the wheel, but it was just entertaining. You could just go in there, watch some really cool stuff, <laughs> right? Um, it, it was even pro-America and then walk out just feeling good about your country, feeling, you know, feeling like you want to be a, a, a jet pilot, right? You just walked out feeling good. That's all. You walked out feeling good. And that's, that's why I thought that this article was so important because they don't want you to be entertained, right? They don't want you to feel good about yourself and feel good about your country. They don't want you to feel good about your neighbor. They want you not to trust your neighbor if they're not bowing down to their secular God. They want you to turn your neighbor in. They want you to turn on your neighbor. 
They want you to argue with that person. They want you to be emotionally volatile. They want you to walk up on stage and slap your friend on national TV. That's, that's, that's where all this drives you. It doesn't drive you to a utopia or a better world at all. Just look around you. All of these policies led, led, led by progressivism, all these socialistic you know, policies have been a disease on our country, slowly eating it away. And now we're seeing the manifestation of that today with the inflation and the recession. And you look at our border and you look at just all of the domestic policies, you look at how they tackle energy, all of these things. This is all spearheaded by leftist progressivism. This is a conservative country built on Judeo-Christian values. And if it had been run so, if we actually just ran the country based on the Constitution, this would be as close to a utopia as, as anybody, as any human being can, can possibly get to. Do you understand? There's nothing wrong with this country but them. They're what's wrong with this country. They're what's wrong with this country. Once again, objectively speaking. So that's why I found that this was a very interesting take because it's true. They're not happy. They don't want anybody else to be happy. They don't want anybody else to be, to be together. They don't want inclusivity at all. They want division. They don't want equality at all. They want a class system with people on top and people on bottom. They're just agents of chaos, plain and simple. That's all it is. And so this only leads to chaos and that's why we're in chaos now. But the bright side, I'm gonna leave you guys with a silver lining. Situations like this, totalitarians, oppressive people, bullies, evil, they produce heroes because you don't know until you're tested. Just like the evil of war, I've said this before, evil of, the evil of war puts people in situations where their courage can manifest and they can become heroic. So that's why they say like hard times produce strong men and women. We're in hard times and people are being tested. And the courageous always prevail. Once again, historically speaking, the courageous, the heroes always prevail. They always keep us from sliding off that, that cliff into the hell that these people always want to lead us. And you understand they only want to lead us there because it benefits a minority of, of people that sit on top. If you follow the money, it always goes back to, to some crazed out elitist with the God complex. Just how it works, right? But check this article out, read through it. I'm gonna finish it later as well. And as I always say, they want you to walk in the dark and I'm over here trying to help you to turn on the light. You guys be well.